0: Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome
1: into another episode of Loon Talk. John Harrison here alongside Voice of the Loons, Dan Terrar, as well as our trusty radio broadcast producer, A.J. Fredrickson. Boys, how are we doing today?
0: I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing good. Let's go. Let's talk about St. Louis. Let's talk about a draw. Let's talk about everything. Let's go. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah, not too bad um i mean we'll get into it but in terms of the day not too bad we're getting warmer weather like we said last week we're getting closer to that uh, kind of spring uh closer to summer feel so the more uh, the more warmth we get the better yeah we'll get we'll get to that warmer weather uh as Dan
1: hinted out, we've got plenty to talk about on this week's Loon Talk. But first, do give us a rating, a review, and a subscription wherever you get your podcast. It does help us get found and pumped out to more ears for people to listen to Minnesota United Soccer Talk by us three. And that's always good for us, and it's good for the brand and everything. So uh, get right on that. But, boys, let's jump into a 1-1 draw at Allianz Field on Saturday. Controversial as people like to say uh, plenty to discuss in this one. I think we should start chronologically just cause that's easiest. And we'll just end with the big rant. I I'd, I'd assume from all of us at some point on officiating and timekeeping and everything, but let's just start chronologically. We all remember the little mini rant last week about uh, why are we're playing at all during an international break. So we're not going <laughs> to rehash that Minnesota go with six changes or forced into six or seven changes. Clint Irwin, I kind of want to start with him. Heck of a night for him. I mean, wow, good job. Four four massive saves uh on the evening, called into a lot of pressure, but he gets a start in net. Uh DJ Taylor starts at left back. Uh plenty of new faces in the lineup. Cam Dunbar starts at right back or right wing. And uh yeah, the the loons. Let's let's actually start here. Minnesota United under Adrian Heath. I don't think they've gone to a two man striker system under him ever. It's been a long time if it's happened, but they did. If
0: it's happened, it's only happened once or twice ever. Yeah. yeah in in six years. So,
1: and I am a huge fan of two striker systems and we got to see it. Mm-hmm. It didn't work as well as it probably could have, but again, so many changes. Uh, it's something's bound to give. And that one was kind of the thing that gave, but I love me a good two striker system. Kudos Adrian Heath for switching formations when he didn't really have any other choices to kind of he just had to chop and change his lineup
0: yeah he, he had to find a way to get his uh, get the best 11 players he had left on the uh, on the pitch and and that's kind of what you do when you have that many guys out and you know what when, when I saw the lineup I thought well this isn't as bad as I thought it would look Um because the defense seemed to be pretty much intact I was confident that Clint Irwin was not going to be a you know be a be a detriment to the team's efforts. Um, you know he's a veteran and he really wanted to have a big, big match. You know his first time playing at home in Minnesota with his new team. So uh, the lineup didn't wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. Um, but uh, you know at the end, looking back now, you. Saw- you know, Kervin Arriaga and Robin Lillard and they, they had a few of those pieces. Bongi's, uh, you know, Longwani's been playing so much better lately. Um, And you did miss those guys. You saw that, you know, offensively and, and what little time we spent in their third stretches. So I just, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as bad as it felt uh, about the time that final whistle went on, on Saturday night. That was, that was where it bottomed out, but you know, up until then it wasn't all that bad. So.
2: Yeah, the lineup was not as like bad or as lowly as I guess I maybe expect, or maybe the nightmares that we had maybe uh, talked up last week on this show. Um, I I love that they went four four two. You know, I, I the only thing I can think of is Sean Dice when I see four four two. So <laughs> I was just I was all ready for Dice ball, but um, but no, I I think it's I think it speaks a lot to just Adrian Heath as a manager um i you know you see a lot of people talk about like oh he refuses to get away from what he knows and he doesn't like to adapt it's it's he's got to stick with what he what he likes to do um and i and i think this was a good test and a good word of faith for a lot of maybe mnufc supporters who have lost that faith in the manager or maybe thought that he wasn't going to be able to adapt and adjust as needed um they start out in a 4-4-2. I know later in the match, they actually did make a few substitutions and change that formation to kind of go back to what maybe they're used to and play a little more defensively just to try to lock up three points. But he did what he needed to do. They go out there, they get the goal they needed to, and they were in a pretty darn good spot to get those three points up until about half a second left. So, so uh, no, that I mean, the lineup looked good, uh, much better than I thought. I think a lot of the guys who came on um, especially in their MLS debuts, looked pretty darn good. Um, a lot better than maybe um, I was expecting. So uh, kudos to them and those guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it stinks at the end of the day that they do only get one point. But at the same time, when you look at the stats on paper, you're like, wow, boy, are they lucky to only get a point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll get to all
1: that in a second, but you kind of let in with, or to one of my points. So we'll just go there now. Uh, Adrian Heath. Through these first, what, four games at this point, or five games at this point in the season, he deserves a lot of credit for what he's been able to pull out of this roster. Everybody went into the season, and I know we talked about here on Loon Talk before that first game at FC Dallas that this is going to be a rough season without Emmanuel Reynoso, and I don't know how they're going to get goals. I don't know how they're going to look at all well without Emmanuel Reynoso. And through four games, they're undefeated. They look good. They look great defensively. He's had to bring in a couple new bodies here and there, but they fit in seamlessly. And the thing that I want to give a shout out to him to the most for is playing those young kids when he didn't have to. He didn't have to give Emmanuel Iwe and Zayden Bello as much time as he did or any time at all. They were hardship loan call-ups at basically mm. the last second from MNUFC2. He didn't have to put them on the field. Cause they were up one nil at the time and he could have just put in defensive guys and protected the lead and just said, bleep it. I, they were here to just have warm bodies on the bench in case we needed them, but he put them on and gave them significant minutes and they impressed, but he didn't have to do that. And people always want to say that he doesn't want to play the youngsters. He doesn't want to bring those guys up. The Academy system's weak and everything. They want to blame him for that. There's other reasons for all of that, but he gave those guys minutes, gave them significant minutes and they impressed in their debuts I thought and kudos to him for getting as much as he's gotten out of this roster through the first couple games of this season and it's not like they've just been scraping these results by the skin of their teeth they they look good doing it they look cohesive this is the most like this is the most structured team i think i've seen them have in a very long time under Adrian Heath and that that's a that's kudos to that entire coaching staff but well done uh through these first couple games at least
0: I was uh, I was surprised that he put the young young players in and gave the emergency call up a chance to play um is there an argument that if he wouldn't have if he had put in more experienced defensive players maybe they would have not given up that late goal I mean, just your mind at all in the last uh, few days?
1: I don't think so. I mean, you look at the rest of the bench, they didn't have many experienced defenders there. I mean, Daniil Henry is the only one, but I think he's coming back from injury. So that was a little risky there. So he put on the guys he had to when you look at the rest of that bench and they played well. But I I don't think putting on and not fit daniel henry is going to be is better than what he did and yeah looking at that bench it's incredibly thin there's there's <laughs> i think there's maybe yeah. one or two guys who have played for this team in the past uh looking at it there's it's tanny Olawasei and patrick Wea who have played for this club in the past on that bench on saturday and that's it obviously you don't want to put either those two youngsters on because they're more of attacking threats but when you're up one nil you kind of got to go with what you have. And he made him, he made good substitutions, but again, he didn't have to go with those guys and he did gave them a lot of minutes. I mean, they were the first two substitutions on from Minnesota. So well done uh, in that department. I mean, he doesn't get a whole lot of credit for uh, playing youngsters and the Heath out crowd is always very vociferous against him for every single reason Mm -hmm. they can find. They've been pretty quiet this season because there's nothing to be mad about because a, they haven't lost, but B, they they've looked good in these first four games, especially without their key player where, which a lot of pundits across this league said they weren't going to be, they weren't going to be good. They're going to miss the playoffs. They're going to be right down at the bottom with St. Louis city because this team relies on Emmanuel Reynoso. So he's shown that they don't, they don't absolutely need a manual. so he's going to help, but he's shown that this team doesn't absolutely need that number 10 that they've relied on for the past couple of years.
2: First off, credit to you for using the word vociferous, uh, word of the day right there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but yeah, no, you're, you, you nailed it on the head. I uh, Last year with the three-year extension for Heath, I mean, towards the end of the season, there was a, a very noisy crowd um, kind of battling that decision. Um, I, I think I've been very adamant on the side of, I have faith that Adrian Heath is the correct manager for the club, at least at this state of the timeline. But, um, I don't know what has happened maybe in the off season, or if he has just been able to tap in and be a little more free and let loose without having Emmanuel. And also as weird as that sounds, cause like, it, it's, it's a similar situation with, uh, another local team, the Minnesota wild. It's hard to say that they're better without Kirill Kaprizov. The the United is not better without Emmanuel Re- Reynoso, but is there a chance that they are a little more free and people recognize they have to step up and uh, you know that type of narrative? Um, it, it's been very fun to watch, and he has done a tremendous job. And you can talk about all the play on the field, I but it stems from the coaching, and him and his staff have done a very impressive job milking every last you know ounce of soccer so far out of uh, out of this United club.
1: Yeah. I've been, I've been thoroughly impressed through the first four games. Um, let's, let's kind of get to it at this point, point. 11 minutes in, we haven't talked about the big talking point <laughs> from that game. Uh, Minnesota United take a one nil lead into second half stoppage time. The referees give six minutes. And so the press obviously asked, the media asked the referee afterwards, why there was more than six minutes and we'll get to that in a second. But the, the fourth official raises six minutes. Six minutes go by. Play continues. Uh, Clint Irwin kind of milks the clock a little bit, uh, trying to get the whistle to be blown, kicks the ball at about, what, seven minutes or so, you'd say, Dan? And you think, all right, that's it. That's going to be the whistle, because that's usually when it happens, is when that ball goes yeah, by.
0: About seven, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then the play continues on, and lo and behold, Simon Betcher gets on the end of a low cross and scores past Clint Irwin, and. It ends up 1-1 on the night. A disappointing result from how the game played out, but I would say as another point here that we all kind of went in knowing that this is probably going to be a draw, but just the way it played out makes you feel like you're irritated by the fact that it was a draw and you feel like uh, we mi- you missed a chance there. But we all kind of went in with the assumption with how many players were gone that it would be a draw. It's just you don't like the way that the draw happened because of – the lead and the fact that it happened at seven minutes, 30 seconds.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the frustrating part. Is it that, is that just the way it ended now? What I, what I want is I want consistency. That's what I want. Um, and my, I don't have as much of a problem with him going over the six minutes as I kind of do with the fact that it was six minutes to start with. I don't think anybody in that building thought it was six minutes. I thought it was yes. going to be three or four. Uh, and then six comes up and that's the first surprise. And then it rolls. And like you said, at, at some point where you can kind of predict uh once you get past the minimum amount of stoppage time, you can kind of predict if there's a corner kick, they're going to let that play through. And then he's going to blow the whistle. If there's a goal kick in your past, he'll let that goal kick play through, make sure it gets off cleanly. It, it just, it's not consistent. It's like a year or two ago when we, we really struggled with what's a handball. Yeah. Um. I just want to know what it is. I want to have a better idea. I get it. It's a soccer. It's the way soccer's uh, score. Time has been kept in soccer uh, forever. So we're not going to get a clock. We're not going to stop when it goes, when the ball goes out of bounds. Uh, Like if that would be Americanizing the game, that's my opinion. It would be, I know that's not going to happen, but we need more consistency. So not only the average fan, but the average broadcaster can, have a grasp on what's going to happen and what's coming up next. So to me, it's just the consistency issue. And that's been a problem with the MLS in m- several areas.
1: <laughs> well, so the official said after he was asked by the media after the match, what happened there with the timekeeping, he said that they went into stoppage time with six and a half minutes of stoppage time. And it's always a minimum. It's never a maximum. Otherwise the team that's down would will wonder why you blew the whistle early. So it's always a minimum. So they were going to go, mm-hmm. 30 seconds over that six minutes to begin with. And then he said that other delays and stoppages caused them to add a little bit more time in stoppage time, which I think there was someone on the Reddit thread. I haven't gone back and watched it myself stoppage time myself, but there was someone in the Reddit thread that said there was a moment with Luis Marie in that six minutes that might've added like a 20 seconds at most. But other than that, there was no reason to add a whole nother minute to that stoppage time and, that's kind of where that comes into question. The consistency that you're talking about, Dan, is that you said 6:30, 6:30 passed. You said San Maria, or or you, you you didn't name it, but you said there was other stoppages. But then you go back and watch it, and there's not enough there to add another minute entirely. It's just that's just a clown show at that point because you're putting you're put, you're putting Minnesota at a or at at the at the point of losing two points because you wanted to add a whole nother minute to your six minutes, 30 seconds. And it just, it doesn't look good for anybody. And obviously there was some, there's some pushing and shoving afterwards by the teams and the coaches and didn't look good on that aspect. But yeah, it was, it's frustrating when that happens. AJ.
2: Yeah, no, it, it, the way to look at it, in my opinion, is there's two sides. One, the, I think American, sports like mindset of like you said six minutes, even though that's already a lot to begin with. So once we get there, as soon as there's a low lever leverage, like action, you probably just need to blow, blow the play dead as, as soon as possible because you've already extended it enough. Um, and so what happened was egregious and outrageous and the loons got robbed of two points and all that other stuff. The other side of it is, which unfortunately I think is just the way that you probably have to accept it. That's just the way soccer is it it sucks it's one of the rules that like if you grow up playing baseball and basketball and football you're going to be like how does that make sense cuz everything is so concise with the measurements and time like you have x amount of time to complete this pass and all this other stuff and now with baseball like you have certain things that you have to get done within a time clock and a pitch clock to whatever. soccer's just like yeah you know we're going to add a couple seconds here and there there's it's a little it's the kind of the swing of the breeze you don't know exactly how much and how less except for the the one lone ref who's got the, the clock in his hands. So um, it's, you know, I've kind of accepted it. Like the, the night and the day after I was like, how dumb, how stupid it is that I'm sitting here and they they don't have two extra points. And Vancouver was able to go back and uh, probably have a party on the plane thinking, wow, we re- I can't believe that actually happened. Oh my God. We got a point out of that. That's crazy. Like, what was that? It's 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 unfortunate. It really is. But, uh, you know, you got to move on. I think this team is good enough. And I think this is maybe my portion of why I've been able to cope with it as quickly as I have. I think this team is a lot better than what I thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season. They're showing a lot more promise. So I don't think missing out on those two points is going to. Hurt them in any way, shape, or form. Come the end of the season when playoffs are right around the corner, I think they're going to be just fine. Um, and if anything, use it as a learning experience. You know, it, maybe you don't kick that ball off a off a set piece and kill more time. Or if, um, you know, I, I I love hearing it during the match, but Dan says, get up. You're fine. Hey, if you're fine, get up and let's keep things moving. Yeah. Don't don't give him a reason to think about even adding a second in extra time. You know, don't do that get up, let's play. And then, you know, it's Clint Irwin was great. He deserved the clean sheet. Yeah. He just, it it, it, it wasn't in the stars on that night. It just, it sucks, but that's just the, the uh, end result.
1: Yeah, it was disappointing for sure. Um,
2: so balloons,
1: two draws from two at home two wins from two on the road. Uh, they are undefeated. One of a few teams left in the league that is undefeated doing the quick counting in my head. As I talk, there are four teams, left in Major League Soccer that are undefeated. Uh, Cincinnati is one of them. Shock, shock of all shocks right there. Uh, (laughs) St. Louis is the other shock. Uh, Minnesota and LAFC are the other two as well that are undefeated to start the season. All four of those teams are obviously in the top four in their respective conferences. Three of those in the Western Conference, so good luck. Two undefeated teams going against each other this coming Saturday. You can hear that game on 1500 ESPN, Score North mobile app, and 1500ESPN.com with Dan Terrar and myself. Pre-match starting at 7 p.m. kickoff just after 7.30 p.m. between Minnesota United and St. Louis City, who are the lone team that is that has won every single one of their games. They are close to tying... A, an MLS record for most wins to start off the season. And that is seven held by sporting Kansas city a number of years ago. I don't remember the exact year, but it is five wins from five for the expansion club side that many predicted would be the bottom team in the league, just because of how people looked at their roster building, how they would play. And it just didn't seem like it was going to fit. And well, starting off the season five and zero, and coming off a four nil destruction of real Salt Lake on the road. It is three wins away from St. Louis for them. So it's not like it's been easy for them, but there's a lot of questions of whether this team is good or they're just taking advantage of a bad schedule in terms of the teams they play in. Dan, I have no idea what to think about St. Louis City already.
0: No, I, I've i seen highlights. Saw 10 or 15 minutes of, uh, I watched of their last match, and you, but you don't learn a lot in a 4-0 in. So I don't know what to think. I can't wait to see them. I um, I just think, they're due, they're due to stumble. They can't. I don't think they can be this dominant. They can't be because they're not going to run the table. They're not going to go undefeated. Um, so I actually think this is a pretty good time to get them for Minnesota. We'll get players back. Uh, we're playing very well right now. And I, I I look forward to the matchup. Um, and it's gonna be very I think it's gonna be a fun, entertaining match, and it's gonna be a learning curve to figure out what this uh St. Louis City team can do. Um, and I, I I just hope Minnesota is ready and they, they can put together what would be for them a third really good road contest if they can.
2: The beauty and the the tragedy of this season with uh, the Apple partnership um, is all these games happen essentially at the same time. So it's hard yeah. unless you have the option, unless you have the time to go back and watch the selective games. There's not a real big chance to like watch too many other teams other than the one that we're covering. So yeah. I haven't seen, like Dan said, a whole lot of stainless other than the replays or the highlights of them, you know, getting a goal handed to them in the first game or two or putting up four and all of a sudden they're just this offensive juggernaut. So um, I I think this is a I, I think this is going to be a good test for the Loons. Um, I'm most worried if this sounds weirdly enough, just about the atmosphere, yeah. um, because St. Louis and I know maybe not, maybe maybe St. Louis, Missouri is not or Kansas City is not the um, vacation destination hotspot that a lot of American tourists are going to travel to when they're off time. You know, you're going to head south, you're going to head out east, you're going to head out west. St. Louis doesn't really fit fit that bill, but the people there, let me tell you, are rowdy and hopped up on barbecue, so they are going to uh, be rocking that house, that brand new house. Um, And I want to know just how, or if any, that's going to have an impact on the loons. Um, They're going to have to, I think, settle into this because we've seen at times they either jump in and their game plan is initiated from the first kick of the game, or they're like a 67 Chevy where you're going to have to rev that engine a little bit, get everything warmed up, and then you're pulling off the blocks. And um, if they do that, it could be a little too late and they're going to be on their heels. So um, if if they do take a little time, I think St. Louis – probably could get one early and that could be uh, a bad start to the match and really set the tempo. But if they can come out, you know, ignore the atmosphere and just focus on playing their game. I think they're a team that, especially once you add all these guys that they missed last week back into the lineup who are itching to get back out there, I think they can uh, probably match up pretty well and maybe uh, hand St. Louis that first loss of the season.
1: Dan, I assume
2: you understood the 67 Chevy
1: reference there.
0: Yes, I did. Yes. Muscle did. car. Muscle yeah. car, that's what he's talking.
1: Yeah, no idea. Never <laughs> driven one, always wanted one. Never I heard one. <laughs> both,
2: to both of you guys. So sometimes it's going to be for Johnny, sometimes it's going to be for Dan. It's all
0: right, that's a good one. Good one, AJ.
2: You had me lost there for a second, and I'm the one who worked at a car, <laughs> at a car parts store. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Completely lost. All right, the other news, uh, from the last since the last time we talked, is Minnesota have a new signing, they uh signed a U 22 player. From Wolverhampton Wanderers, he was on loan at a club called Grasshoppers in uh, Switzerland. Hasn't, uh, didn't score there in two seasons in, what, uh, 13 games for them. So he didn't get a whole lot of time there. Um, but he is, as Adrian he said in our pre-match show, and AJ, his ears perked up when he heard this, the most promising prospect to come out of South Korea since uh, Sonny, who plays for Tottenham. Uh, and so that's that's exciting because... Youngman Sun is really freaking good for for Tottenham, and if you're going to get a kid who's that promising and has that ability, scored six goals in 28 appearances as an 18 year old in Korea in their top league back in 2021. A kid has promise. He has speed is what uh, they is what the scouting report on him is, and uh, we got to see him for the first time at Allianz Field. Uh, all reports that we've heard are that he had a good visa meeting in Canada this week and should be back by the middle of this week and should be able to play for the club coming up Saturday. So balloons have another dynamic fast attacker that they will have to deploy uh, coming up, coming up starting this week. So good signing, another good signing. It looks like from the outset uh, by the club.
0: Yeah, they keep, Adding pieces, and so many of them are are, are speed pieces. This team has gotten faster, uh, quicker, faster. However, you want to word it, and that's a good thing because there was a time when you you looked at someone like Franco uh, Fragaponte and said, hey, he's one of the quickest guys out there." And now you go, "No, he's not." Um, so that's a good thing. Obviously, they're 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 going to force defense to deal with speed, and a lot of defenses. That's going to be their hardest thing to deal with. You look at our defense, uh, especially last year. Uh, you know, Michael Boxel isn't as fast as he used to be. Speed is going up the middle is going to give a lot of teams problems, and I think we're quicker up the middle now with uh, Tapia's than we were with uh, Baidabasi last year. Uh, but you know, neither he or Boxel were slow by any means. But man, you get those guys with world class speed, and it causes some problems. and And I hope that's the case going forward that some of this speed really pays off. And um, you know, even our midfield. Uh, Guys like Ariaga isn't necessarily super fast, but he's strong, he's aggressive, and he, and he puts on a ton of miles during every match. So, no, nah, it's kind of funny how we were—we went to, what, about a month, a little over a month away f- f- back now. We were lamenting, how will we do anything without Emmanuel Reynoso? How will we? This could be a disastrous season. And then you find out, okay, everybody else stepped up. They brought in some good players. Now we're at a point where you're going, if he comes back, do you throw him right in, or what do you do? You know, <laughs> and, and and I hope we find out. But do you just throw him into this thing right now when it's going this well, or do you make him, you know, earn his time back? So, you know, it's a good problem to have, I guess. But now I didn't see these changes coming this quickly, and uh can't wait to see some of these new kids play.
2: Yeah, um, I'm excited for being Jung. He, if you if you tell me that he is the best South Korean prospect. Um, since Youngman's son, I mean, I'm all, I'm all ears. I'm all, I'm at. <laughs> you got full the jersey attention. already. Um, I it's on the way. Actually, Fanatics hasn't shipped it out quite yet. <laughs> no. Um, he, uh, look, at, it's it's hard to compare. I think anybody to Youngman's son because he, although he has had a uh a worse year than last year, um, he, at at the peak of his game, I would say he's a world class player. Like he's slotting into any team, any you're any continent, any country doesn't matter. He's he's slotting in and immediately making an impact when he's on his game. Um, I don't think that you can, it's fair to maybe make that comparison or even just like make that sentence out there to the press and everything like that, because it it's tough uh, to live up to those expectations to say, yep, he's going to be talked about with uh, this world-class player and blah, 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 and all this stuff. Um, What I do like though, is that he's young. Um, from what I understand, he is, uh, very, he's a very optimistic guy. He's not the energy and attitude that I've read about since, uh, being acquired by Minnesota United is that he's very upbeat. He doesn't really get frustrated all too much in the sense that if somebody on the coaching staff comes in and says, Hey, we need you to work on this more because right now we're just not seeing it. He's not going to go to his locker, kick his shoes off, pout, whatever, like, I can't, why are they, well, I can't believe they're criticizing me. He's going to go out there and put in the extra hours and the extra time and make himself better to rise to whatever expectation level, to whatever performance level the club needs, needs to play at. Um, The speed is great. I would love to see what he can do um, in the like finesse market. If that makes sense. We thought we've seen Bongi be able to kind of add that repertoire to his game going from last year, where it was just run faster than the, than the guy that's covering you. Um, but now he's able to work it a little better. Can, can Jangman son? We'll have to see. Um, but I am excited to see him get like fully integrated with the club. It's going to be a question of how quickly, if they even work him in this season. Um, Cause we've seen him bring it, uh, them bring in guys. And then it's like, we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And we never see that debut until much later on. But also we've seen it where the second they're available. Yep. Hey, starting spot spotlights on you, go out and do it. So, um, I'm excited. I'm immediately giving it the great signing stamp of approval. Um, <laughs> I, I'm reserving the right to take that away at any point down the road, oh, no. but as of right now, it's, it's uh, thumbs it up from me.
0: Yep. That's not the way it works. You give <laughs> it, it, it stays. It's a permanent stamp.
1: <laughs> you don't get to rescind <laughs> that. It isn't waterproof. No, honestly. it doesn't come off. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I know the, the Korean birthday system is a little bit different than, uh, elsewhere in the world, but uh, his listed birthday, according to everywhere that I can find is April 1st. So gets his debut for the loons and uh, that could be on his birthday. So would be a nice birthday present for him to get his debut and score his first MLS goal. That'd be, that'd be fun and will be quite the storyline for him. Uh, and it hopefully yep. may be a game winner for the loons. that would be nice to stop uh, St. Louis city's incredible run. And you can't really call it anything other than that. It's just, an incredible way to start your franchise uh, by starting 5-0 and on the season, especially with how they've done in some of these games. They've got an 11-goal differential already in this season for a club that many projected not to be that good, especially in the attacking department. They've done an extraordinary job, and it'll be a really tough challenge for the Loons this weekend in St. Louis. And, uh, boys, let's talk a quick bit about uh, everything else that happened this weekend. I think some of the the main storylines, <clears throat> Seattle just crushing uh, Sporting Kansas City 4-1. That was, uh, and all of it was Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris scoring four goals against Kansas City on Saturday night. But the one that Loon's fans, I know, have written down in all their notebooks is Christian Ramirez, Superman, scoring a brace for Columbus against Atlanta. So getting the a little bit of Minnesota revenge there uh, as Columbus just destroyed Atlanta 6-1. Plenty of storylines. What stuck out to you guys this weekend?
0: I, I'll, I'll go first. I didn't know we, I didn't know if we'd have a Christian Ramirez goal report and ever again, I didn't know. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's one of those guys that he could disappear and you never see him again, or he could pop up and score a brace. I don't know. How do you figure that guy out? I mean, about the t- he's one of those guys as soon as you give up on him, then he does something kind of cool and you go, Oh, good for him. So, so good for him uh for me the
2: big one that stuck out and maybe you could say that it's uh they got hit with the international call of duty just like the loons did but columbus took it to atlanta just battering them 6-1 they didn't have Diego almada which you know are you gonna say i love that the narration that i've started to see is like oh he's the entire team and all this stuff and they can't survive without him and all that blah 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 uh columbus isn't a bad team whatsoever um They just, I think, were on their game that day. Atlanta did miss a couple very, very key pieces, but 6-1 over Atlanta, I did not see coming. I didn't know Columbus had six goals in them, let alone, you know, in one game, maybe a couple. So uh, credit to them there, and uh, 6-1 scoreline over Atlanta after some of the weeks we've seen from them already this season. Really impressive showing uh, by the crew. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And those, those were kind of the two games that stuck out to me uh, outside of already the one we talked about in St. Louis, just crushing real Salt Lake on the road in Utah for nil to continue their impressive run. Chicago three, two win a stoppage time goal by a former loon, former nine other teams in this league. Kai Kamara uh, at what 39 years old or 40 years old, still banging in goals for his 17th team in major league soccer gets a three, two winner against Miami. So, in Miami, so even more impressive. Kai Kamara is one of the best stories in this league's history. I love Kai Kamara. I know he didn't do a whole lot here in Minnesota, but I love the fact that he's pretty much just been everywhere and continues to score goals at such a late stage in his career. It's That's that's one of the more fun, impressive runs in this league's history. But, boys, let's get into the predictor, the predictor because we've got plenty to wrap up after last week and uh, plenty to predict this week. So, Dan, explain away, sir.
0: All right, the predictor, we pick three upcoming MLS matches, including the upcoming Minnesota match. You pick the winner, you pick the score. You get a point if you get the winner or a draw correct. If you get the score exactly right, you get a bonus point. A total of six points available, although that's never going to (laughs) happen.
1: Well, speaking of that, we do the accountability session first, and we do have a perfect prediction uh, thanks to that late, late, late last kick of the game goal by Simon Betcher. yours truly got the 1-1 prediction correct, correct
0: on this WrestleMania week. And that that only happened for one reason, because we (laughs) took the scores he wanted. So you're welcome. You're welcome, Jonathan.
1: I went first, and I grabbed the 1-1 draw as fast as I could, and that's not very fast, to be honest with you. Uh, So I get two points there. (laughs) I did get another point because the, the game that I made us all predict, the other one, was the Westchester versus Ocean City Nor'easters game that opened up the uh the 2023 US Open Cup and neither none of us knew anything about either of the teams. AJ thought they were a West Coast team when in fact they are called the Nor'easters and <laughs> jersey city boys essentially i was just testing you that's all it was nice nicely done (laughs) definitely what was happening aj just keep me on my toes uh i predicted that would be a 3-1 ocean city win it was 3-2 so i get the point there dan you predict you're the only one predict uh westchester so you get no points for this one but aj did predict uh upset he predicted a 2-0 ocean city win as well so he gets the point for that one i've got Three points on the week. Dan, you got two because you predicted a 2-2 draw, so you get a point for that one in the Minnesota-Vancouver match. You did say LAFC would beat FC Dallas. They did, but they didn't predict it. They didn't get it by your scoreline of 2-0. They they won 2-1. AJ, you just got the one point this week. So three, two, one points this week moves me up to seven points, and you both are on five points to start this season. So I went first last week. Dan, we'll let you go first and take the – the first score line off the board
0: okay, I'm not gonna start with the Minnesota match oh, okay I'm gonna start with Philadelphia over sporting Kansas City. I don't know what's wrong with s k c but they're awful right now uh Philadelphia three Kansas City nil
1: I'm some rookie numbers you need to get those up three <laughs> nil
2: I'm um, <I>, uh... Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also I'm also going to go 3 nil but in a different match. LAFC is taking on Colorado. Mm-hmm. I see no shot for Colorado in this game. LAFC puts up 3 and uh, Colorado does not find the back of the net. All right. I'm going to go
1: A 4-2 result in favor of Seattle this weekend. I'm going to pick the Seattle-LA Galaxy match that's on national TV. It's one of Uh eight matches at 6.30 p.m. Central time on Saturday. So, you know, nothing like trying to get people to watch multiple matches in a night. Let's just all have everybody watch one match all at the same, one of their own matches all at the same time. Uh, LA Galaxy hosting Seattle Sounders. LA Galaxy not really the best start to the season, but Seattle just flying high to start the season. 4-2
0: Seattle. Dan? All right. My second one, I have LAFC over Colorado 2-0. 2-0. All right.
2: AJ? All right. My next one is going to be the uh, – it's not the Battle of Alberta, but it's uh, it's pretty darn close. It's Vancouver taking on Montreal at BC Place.
1: What mean it's closed?
0: Garbage It's They like on the
1: opposite side of the country, aren't
0: they? They're not, they can't <laughs> yeah. be a Battle of Alberta. <laughs> That's like
1: I don't that's know. like
0: Boston and L.A. playing for the West Coast title. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Get a map, yeah. son. <laughs> it's, it's two of the
2: three Canadian teams. So you're the, you're a hockey team. guy, and you should know go the ahead. geography of no, Canada. All right, all right. It's the Tim Hortons classic.
0: Cool. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. I like that. Um, <laughs> nice save. Thank you. Um,
2: i vancouver i will say they impressed me this past week seeing them almost in person since i was back at the studio but um they for a lot of the game it seemed like were dominating play and like controlling the pace of play and whatnot um in montreal i still hold a grudge against them for taking out the impact name um to make an impact we have to drop the impact or whatever the so bad um so I have uh, Vancouver. It's not going to be a pretty win, but they are going to win 2-1 over Montreal. All
1: right. I'm going to go Columbus, who just racked up six goals against Atlanta, a pretty good Atlantis team, to start this season. They're taking on Real Salt Lake, who just got – they just had the floor wiped with themselves uh, by Real Salt, or by St. Louis City 4-0. It is going to be a 3-0 win for Columbus this weekend. Dan? Ooh,
0: wow. Okay, Columbus, I, I was so hoping one of you like guys would. Has
1: to travel across country. Yeah.
0: Okay. uh Okay. Here we go. Minnesota two, St. Louis one.
2: All right, AJ, have at her. Um. Minnesota. Minnesota one, St. Louis one, draw. All right. I will finish it up with
1: mm-hmm. Minnesota two st louis too i'm not willing to predict a win oh, quite wow. yet because i'm wow i don't All know right. what to think about st louis they're so confusing no. yeah they, like at this point you have to say they're good because they're five and oh but like are they i don't know it's it's weird but we'll see we'll see how good they're they good are. until
0: proven otherwise they are
1: very mm-hmm. structured and they play they play together very well so it's, it's helped them in the early parts of their season. So good job on them. That was the predictor. Our other prediction related segment is called write that down. Uh, we each make three soccer related predictions. They don't necessarily have to be scoreline predictions, but if you want to, you can, uh, we'll keep track of the predictions throughout you, ye- throughout the year. We'll call the good one. We'll call the correct ones goals. And the person with the most goals at the end of the year wins the coveted golden boot. And we always start off the or the write-that-down section with an accountability session. And uh, I usually just go left to right, so that's what I'll just do on this spreadsheet. Uh, starting off with me, I got three wrong this week. One right. There's a lot of red on the ledger this week, boys. It's not good. Uh, I said Minnesota will win all four games against Canadian teams this season. Thank you, Vancouver. Thank you, Simon Betcher, And thank you, whoever the hell the officiate the official was on Saturday. <laughs> you ruined that with literally the last kick of the game. Really freaking appreciate that one breaking right out the gates uh i said clint irwin records five saves on saturday he recorded four Mm. Uh, i said st louis will still be undefeated heading into the game against minnesota they are so i get a point there and i said antonio conte will be fired by 6 p.m friday he was fired on sunday night aj didn't hear about it i was the one who broke it to him because like aj what a day goes what do you mean what happened just told him antonio conte is gone from his tottenham hotspur club so they're gone aj did say though Antonio Conte will be fired after 6 p.m. on Friday. That was the nice. one point he got this week. Cuz nice. he also nice said Minnesota United Perk. will have at least one player named to team of the match day this week. They had none. Uh and he said Cameron Dunbar will be involved with at least one goal this Saturday against Vancouver. He did, he was not. He was very close. He
2: I've got a bone to pick with you about that,
0: Dan. Sorry. <laughs> I already know what you're going to say. Sorry,
2: and I, I I didn't want to bring this up because you are you are a true pros Sorry. pro on the mic, so I don't want I didn't want to rehash this because it is is it it is in the past. But I'm sitting there in the studio, and um, the you your guys' call obviously is so far ahead of the Apple TV call that I'm watching. But I hear uh, Dotson kicks it to the right, and then he, here comes Will Trap in the middle, Dunbar off his chest. He crosses one in, headed shot. I'm in a call and. I'm like, oh my God, write that down, baby. Let's go. And then actually, nope. Valentine, Zarek Valentine, he uh he he actually had the cross in. He will get the assist.
0: Yeah. In my in, in my defense, I was calling the game from Bloomington with binoculars.
1: <laughs> it was on the opposite corner of the field from us.
0: Far away. I was as far, I was the furthest person away from that goal of, in yeah. the entire building. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, AJ. Yeah, I, no, I thought about you fine. when that happened. Yeah, I, I thought about <laughs> oh, yeah, you and I, I you. felt shame for about five seconds and I didn't care.
2: Yeah, that's, that's about <laughs> as much as I
1: expected. So. AJ did say earlier this <laughs> season, though, that Tottenham will move on from Antonio Conte and replace him with Mauricio Pochettino. They did not replace him with Pochettino. Because they
2: put in an interim manager, so no, 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 technically, no, 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 no. You cannot take that away from me. I I'm said not the, taking it away from you. I'm saying by the letter of the law of how this game is played, oh. you, can ask,
1: you can ask the arbiter of the rules himself, Phil Mackey. You said replace him with Mauricio, Mauricio
2: Pochettino. They didn't. They replaced him with an interim manager. Mm. Do you have when I made that prediction? Because I'm almost positive I said he will be the next permanent manager. Is what I believe. I'm uh, on parried. the eighth. On the, I will go back <laughs> and listen. Go back and listen. And,
1: Perfect.
0: All right, we'll leave that one hanging.
1: All right. Uh, a point said, in limbo. Clint Irwin makes less than five saves on Saturday. You got that correct. You you fired against that was, him. That was
0: he a defensive him. move by me. I'm happy with you that. You
1: said earlier this season, Mender Garcia will be the leading, will be leading or tied for the leading goal scorer for Minnesota United through Vancouver through the Vancouver match. And, well, because he scored the lone header, which was an incredible header by him, mm-hmm. he getting down. That was a great goal. Getting enough power on it to get past Uh, The Vancouver keeper, really good goal by Mender Garcia. He's the leading goal scorer for the team with two goals. So congratulations to Mender there. Congratulations to you for two points in the week. You did say Brent Coleman will have at least 10 headers this Saturday. I couldn't find the number of headers because no one keeps track of headers. If you want to go back and watch, go ahead, Dan. I'm going off of aerial duels one because that's only on heads.
0: Right, I, I'll concede it. I think he probably had five, but I, I yeah, no, nope. I'll well, concede you, that point. You, you got the number dead on. According
1: to FBF, he had five aerial duels, one on Saturday. So,
0: yeah, so he maybe had a couple other uncontested headers, but I which they don't count be, as an aerial duel. I doubt it's going to be up to. So 10. it wasn't five of them. No, he maybe had a couple. So no, I'll concede that point. I'm okay with that.
1: And you said Ocean City will not have more than one shot on goal in the first half Tuesday night. Well, because U.S. Soccer decided to be really crappy with their TV rights deal for the Open Cup and gave it to Bleacher Report, who decided we're not going to broadcast certain games if you want to. You have to follow these certain rules and do it this way, which prices a lot of teams that are lower in the pyramid out, and that priced this one out. So I had to go back and go through the game log on MLSsoccer.com, and – They got the one goal in the first half and they had one other Mm -hmm. shot on goal in the first half, Dan. So I'm sorry, but you, you miss out on points.
0: So close, Dan, you're so close. Your
1: two points this week, give you six goals already on the season. Good job on that. Six goals through five weeks. That's an impressive start. But though, do remember you did start off impressively last season and I know the winner faded fast. Uh, I'm on two goals this season and AJ, you are on three. The listeners uh, still looking for their first goal of the season. Boys, I went first last week, so
2: Dan, you went first in the predictor. AJ, you'll go first and write that down. Do it. All right. This upcoming weekend, after his return from the Great North, Dane St. Clair, write this down. We'll make five-plus saves this weekend against St. Louis City. Ooh. It's going to be under fire. Ooh. Wow. Write that down, Dan.
0: Okay. Uh, We will see uh, Dane St. Clair. Get two clean sheets in his next three matches.
1: Oh, I like it.
0: Two clean sheets, next three matches.
1: Write this down. I know Dan already came out with the Christian Ramirez hate earlier in the episode. There's no hate there. No, no. You (laughs) read me wrong. There was some haterade there. It's all right. No. No. Write this down. Christian Ramirez has, has at least one more brace left this season. There will be another game, at least one more, if not multiples. That he scores two goals, at least two goals in a match. Write that down. He's going to have at least one more multi-goal game throughout the rest of the season. Write that down. All
2: right,
0: take. Jay, right. if you don't, I will.
2: Oh, I'll, I'm going to let yeah, I'm going to let you have it. I'm sticking
0: my script here. <laughs> okay, no, I'm going off script.
2: <laughs> this weekend was it Match Day six in the MLS? Yeah, I think so. Match day six in the MLS. Write this down. We'll have at least one red card shown throughout the entire league. Just one? At, le- at
1: least. Oh, at least one. At oh, least one. one. At least one. All right. Okay. All right, fair. Uh, Dan? Time to Christian
0: Ramirez will not have another brace this season. Just a brace
1: or multi-goal
0: game? He, he will not have a brace. Now, he could have a hat trick, but he will not have a brace. All
1: right. All right.
0: That's kind of playing defensively against me. Right. Write that down.
1: I ended it with multi-goal game, so I didn't just stick to brace. All right. Uh, boys, at the end of this week, for match day six, or whatever the hell this match day weekend is, I can't keep track anymore because the bye week's screwing me up. For this upcoming match day week, the team of the week will be coached by Adrian Heath. Write that down.
2: Oh Ooh. Nice. Okay. All nice. right. I like that. I like the faith. It's been a very, very pro Heath show so far. I like it.
0: I like, I like kissing up to the coach. That's a good move. I like it. I'll, I'll be honest. Um,
2: I'm biased towards him. I'm not going to hide that. My last one is going to be write this down. Jiang Bing Song, uh, new signing for MNUFC, will score um, three goals minimum by the end of the season. All right.
0: Oh, all right. I,
2: I don't know if that's a tap in or not. I'm just unsure of when he actually. No, that's, no that's
0: not a tap in. Not at okay. all. I'll give you the pass on the name. But a,
1: we'll We'll
2: correct it.
0: Yeah. Being that he hasn't being he hasn't played yet, I don't think he that's doesn't even. That
2: have, he can't even work in the country yet, so I figured three, that's
0: okay. Yeah, and, and besides with this club, three goals puts you like number two <laughs> in the scoring list, so that's that's a lot. <laughs> right so now, least, it would put you what? number one. So right? at least, at least three. So 4th least of three. July, it would keep you at number one, probably. Yeah. Um, Dan, final one of the week. Okay, time to let you guys know. I've been teasing you with it, but I finally picked a, a team to follow. Yeah? Uh, my team is FC Kaiserslautern. <laughs> Bundesliga is too. Because you just like their logo. They've got the best logo ever. <laughs> I can't wait to show you my hat when I get it. I ordered a hat from them. Did you really? Yes. Oh, That's this awesome. is amazing. It's the greatest logo ever. Uh, unfor- unfortunately, I I feel they're going to fall to uh, Heidenham on Saturday. Um, I'm not going to give a score, but I'm just going to predict a loss for Kaiserslautern.
2: I got to look where they are in the standings. And I assume How you're, you're waking this? up bright and early for that one,
0: huh? Yeah. Uh, you- I'll be up. Um, Heidenham is second, and uh, my uh, fighting uh, Kaiser schlatterns are seventh. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they can. I don't think they can pull the upset.
1: Look at this, AJ. We've got Dan looking up two Bundesliga league standings and stuff. I love it. We're making so this good. guy. We're making this guy into a true diehard <laughs> soccer fan. He's watching second-tier German Bundesliga. Let's let's go. That's
0: right. That's After right. After three
1: seasons, we've got this guy looking at the depths of European soccer at this point. This is amazing.
0: There they are. Yeah. That's my team.
1: Uh if you're listening to the audio version, uh just yeah. go look at the logo. You'll understand why Dan chose them search logo reasons.
0: for yeah for <laughs> Kaiser Slaughter. Yeah. All right.
1: Final write that down of the week. Boys, well, there are eight games. I believe it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight games at six thirty p.m. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Four of them will end with a winner over half of them will end with a winner write that down
0: oh okay so you're saying over half will have a winner
1: uh under half will have a draw
0: or whatever it is (sighs) you had to do that one last that would have been a good one to play defense on
1: Right. that oh by the way twist for next week uh i know in uh, mackie and judd in purple in purple daily they do a they have special weeks where it's home run weeks where they make just ridiculous Mm -hmm. predictions we're going to call those on this show the Golazo Weeks. And next week, boys, is a Golazo Week. You have to make the most ridiculous of picks. Okay. And we will, we will all three be the judges of those. And if it doesn't qualify, you have to up it.
0: Oh. So Do we get extra weeks. points if we get that one right? Is it they're worth two more? Points each.
1: They're two points each.
0: Oh, so they're worth two points each. Yeah. Got it.
1: All right. So, I like it. All right. So all right. next week is a Golazo show. Go. Or is lots of write that down. So you have to have, it can't just be Dane St. Clair has three, four saves. You have to go ridiculous. Okay. We're going to up the stakes here a little bit. Our numbers, they're not going to be rookie numbers anymore. We're getting them to some professional type numbers on this show next week. So that is coming up for next week. Boys, we have Minnesota United at St. Louis City, two of the remaining four undefeated teams taking on each other in St. Louis, Missouri. One of the stories of the season. This coming Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. kickoff, 7 p.m. pre-match show with Dan Terrar and myself on 1500ESPN, uh, 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app. AJ will be on the production keys for that one, as usual, and cannot wait to talk to you Loons fans on Saturday, as well as be back here either Monday or Tuesday or whenever we decide to record next week, boys. We'll talk to you then. See yep.
0: ya. Can't wait. See you then.